1: the Fulhamish podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show. Oh yes, there's a lot to discuss. Only a couple of days now until Fulham's Premier League campaign starts against Liverpool at Craven Cottage on Saturday. Yes, we may not quite have as many centre-backs as we like, but it's still exciting to be on the dawn of a new season. And we have a pretty good goalkeeper now between the sticks uh, to represent the Whites, which is exciting. We'll get into that transfer more reaction from marco's comments on sunday and we've got a load of premier league predictions some calls that will inevitably make us look stupid in may but hey it's the nature of the beast it's got to be done and i'm joined by the regular thursday club i have to be on the dawn of a premier league season joined by my regular thursday club jack collins
0: hello listeners hello savvy here we go here we go
2: again
1: here we go. Peter Rutzler. Hello.
2: Hello. Seatbelt's strapped in. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that just before we started recording, Peter, your words were, I'm really tired and the season hasn't even started yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the current emotion. But, you know, once we get in the swing of it, it's good. Got to get into, get into autopilot, start cruising. We're good. Let's go.
1: I'm just so happy for there to be matches. I was saying it on Sunday's pod and Archie was like, "Can we just delay the season until we sign a center back?" I was like, "No. This fan base just needs this. We need matches now. It's been a long time um without games." And, and Jack, look, we'll get into some of the issues, center backs, Marco's comments, not enough transfers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but I imagine you must just be excited to to get going on on Saturday. Old routines return. Back to the cottage probably off to the duke of cornwall afterwards it's it's an exciting day
0: yeah absolutely look there's been a lot of negativity around the club you know from from us and included i think and and look that's that's all well and good and it's all I think it was all reasonable. You know, we were looking at things and and you can see frustrations with different elements of what this club is. But ultimately, we are also about to start a new season. And, you know, with all of that taken aside, it will get to Saturday and the anticipation starts to build and everyone gets excited and off we go. And and yes, it's an incredibly difficult start. And yes, it might not be the game that, that really kicks this season off for Fulham. But just the idea of, you know, last year we spent so long you know, stressing about being promoted so that if we don't enjoy it when it's here. If we don't now, you know, enjoy this Premier League season, enjoy being back at the top table. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time being stressed and worried about trying to survive. But ultimately that's what it's all about, right? We wanted to be back in the big leagues. We are back in the big league. We've got to try and enjoy that as much as we can. And and that starts with an incredibly tough test against Liverpool. Sure. But it starts uh, against Liverpool. And part of being back in the top divisions. You want to see, you know, the biggest and best teams in the world at the cottage and Liverpool currently are that. And then ultimately that's the kind of prize we've earned by, by what we achieved last season. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it and I'm, I can't wait to get behind the boys.
1: Peter, are you surprised by how this summer's gone? Because as Jack says, it, it has been negative. We've been negative. A lot of the fan base has been negative. And and yet we should be excited. I am excited now. I think now that it's getting really close to the Liverpool game, I think I am flicking my switch from annoyance to just actually, let's just enjoy this. That's the whole point of football is is to enjoy it. And there have been issues this summer that recruitment, tickets, sponsors that we've covered in, in depth. But I imagine as a journalist, especially as someone that's having to cover all of these, you will be happy just to be able to, Talk about actual football rather than everything that goes around it.
2: Yeah, no, covering the football is the bit I enjoy the most and looking at how the team is playing and how it's doing and how it's progressing and evolving is, is probably, yeah, it's definitely the thing I personally enjoy the most. I think I'm surprised that we're in a position where there is nervousness and trepidation and yeah, the, the, that optimism from May when after the 7-0 against Luton. Um, how it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's not evaporated, but it's, it's, it's certainly ebbed away quite a bit. And that, that is a bit of a surprise. I, in, in the context of what's happened, it's not because that's, that's just how it's played out this summer. It's not been an easy summer at all. It's been difficult, um, for a variety of reasons on and off, off the pitch. Um, but to get to this point, you, you would, you would think that considering how good it was, first title in 20 years, um, playing fantastic football, um, a squad that, was stronger. I mean, the base that they've taken, that, that Fulham are taking, it's the Premier League is stronger. Um, as we've sort of talked about previous pods, there are lots of things to take encouragement from. Um, the players they've signed, and we'll get on to the Bernd Leno, the latest. Um, clearly, it's a, these are good quality signings that have come in. Um, the style of play is clear. It looks like the players have adapted quite quickly, the ones who have signed. Um, it's just, it's incredible, really, that Fulham have two centre-halves ahead of the first game of the season because we talked about how much time they had um and but that's that's where it comes from that's where trepidation comes from so yeah that's 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 why it's a surprise um but once once liverpool's out the way and i think liverpool would be a difficult game anyway i think it's, it's those two next games where i think the ante turns up a bit you know, you can almost treat liverpool not as a free hit but i suppose it is in a way uh yeah as long, long as you don't get battered it's well. a free hit. yeah but... as long as you don't get knocked for seven or six or five um ideally um which which is possible even with with the greatest will in the world um it's those next two games afterwards where it becomes pressure cooker where it's actually you know we need we need points here so yeah but long story short i'm looking forward to watching football and players kicking a round thing into a net hopefully more than nine times at Craven cottage
1: oh god oh god don't say that i forgot about that anyway maybe part of my reason for my excitement today is um uh, a bit later than quite a few others, but hey, who cares? I received
0: my season ticket pack this morning. Really? Um, it, it, have you got yours yet, Jack? Yeah, I've s- moved seats only, like literally, from one side of my brother to the other. So, um, oh, right. I've I got a new ticket. So, yeah, no, it's um, I do have mine, um, which is exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's also it's also fun time. It's so nice,
1: isn't it? yeah, I mean, like, so I don't lovely. know if you I don't
0: know if you've seen these, Peter, but like all of these different little postcards
1: that you get. Um, you get a commemorative coin. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with the commemorative coin, but I'll put it somewhere. Um, I, what I thought at first was a notepad and actually it's not a notepad. It's more of a kind of like diary of the season. Um, like a, a season review, um, which, which was really, really nice. So look, fair play to the club. And actually if the deal was that you just have to keep your card, but you get all of this like nice stuff instead, then, um, yeah, a bit of a masterstroke. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed receiving that in the post this morning. A really, really lovely touch. Uh, really nice, they? my,
2: my, my flatmates got one in this morning. So, um, yeah, they're, they're proper nice, aren't they? A really nice touch. I really like yeah. the little book as well going over the season. Do have an issue with it being referenced as a 4-2-3-1, though, in pretty much every game. Personally disagree with that, but, you know, you know we're, we're at sleeping dogs lie. Yeah,
1: I feel like... I
2: feel-
1: <laughs> I feel like maybe that's the level of intricacy that wasn't uh, to be expected from the official um, <laughs> season review booklet um, that was more for pretty pictures, I think, than anything else, Peter. But yes, um, <laughs> point, point taken. Right, Bert Leno confirmed at 10 p.m. last night. Uh, this is one we definitely knew was coming, at least for the whole evening, but some brave soul at Motspur Park took a picture of Bert Leno on a balcony. Uh, um, I, the, the brazenness of it, whoever this guy was, Connor, I don't think he's attached to Fulham. I think he's the sort of Arsenal scout. Um, took the photo was just like, Hey, look, I found burnt Leno and I was thinking, right. Okay. I'm not sure you're going to get invited back to Motspur Park anytime soon. If you're just outwardly (laughs) revealing the club's transfers before they've happened. But anyway, about 10 o'clock last night, Leno in, um, Peter, a really exciting signing tainted with a bit of, I don't know, a bit of, bit of shame over what this means for Marek Rodak. I know. Bert Leno is a better goalkeeper than Marek Rodak. Marek Rodak did not earn his place in the Premier League through his performances last season. He made too many mistakes at championship level to be a realistic contender for number one at Premier League level. But still, I'm not 100% comfortable with it, but I am fully accepting of the position. But let's focus on Leno first. Um, An outstanding goalkeeper, always a good sign when the opposition club wish them well and, and Arsenal fans in their droves have said, what a great keeper he is. What a great signing he'll be for you. And then when you look at the deal, which you kind of reported on last night, 3 million initially rising to eight, if basically Fulham stay up for a couple of seasons. And then there's a couple more add-ons after that That's a steal, isn't it for a 30 year old goalkeeper in their prime?
2: Yeah. L- I mean, listen, this is a bloody good deal, isn't it? I mean, uh... Probably one of the best Fulham have done. I
1: mean, it's... Up there with Tosin.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just think about who who we're getting here. This is a keeper who's at a club that's competing to play in the Champions League, has been first choice. He's up by just a better keeper, not because he's distinctly worse than the other keeper. Um, And Fulham have picked him up, 30-year-old, nine caps for Germany. probably would have more without Manuel Neuer. Um, And Fulham are paying three million up front. A million, depending on Premier League appearances. And then, as you said, there are two instalments based on Premier League survival of £2 million. Um, I think it's a fantastic signing. I, I think, obviously, Fulham would want it done sooner. I think that's their sort of pervading sense of the whole summer, to be honest. But clearly, this is a high quality addition. I feel like there's no debate about signing him or not. Like, I know it's, it's incredibly harsh on Mike Rodak, and Rodak was entitled to say what he said last season in interviews about. I don't want this to happen again. Why would you? you you've, got to, you've got to stand up for yourself. But we talked on the pod last season about how Broddock hadn't really done enough to necessarily convince everyone that Fulham would be fine with him in goal. and goal. And even then, the fact that Fulham have been able to get a player of Leno's calibre through the door for that fee, um, yeah, it's, a no, it's an absolute no-brainer. And um, it's, a, it's an outstanding signing. And it's, a, it will, it's another signing that really does turn the dial for Fulham. Like, uh, no doubt about that whatsoever. And, He's got that experience. He's a, he's a, it's clear that one Fulham wanted to be ambitious, ambitious in this window, but there's clearly a, a, an attempt to get that Premier League experience, that sort of know-how into the squad to say, Look, to get players in who have played at this level, at a good level in the Premier League, um, to just lift, elevate the rest of the squad. Um, and Lenny will be is a great addition in, in that sense. A really fantastic shot stopper, I think, is the best, his best attribute. So um, really looking forward to seeing him play. Fulham have done well with keepers. Obviously, Ariola came in last time. He got played of the season, didn't he? Um, So let's see how, how well Leno does. But you know, yeah, this is a, this is a really good signing.
1: And Jack, uh, Peter mentioned it there. It seems like Leno's shot stopping is his key attribute. And for a side at the bottom of the table, that's, that's very important. Not quite as good with his feet as he is at shot stopping. And he's been caught out a few times um, for Arsenal. that, Will be reasonably important to the way that Fulham play. Um, is that a concern at all, or is shot stopping just so important when you're a team at the bottom, and and how good you are of your feet is, is secondary?
0: Yeah, I, I think ultimately this season is about you know we, we know we can score goals, right? Or at least we we're, we're pretty confident in in Silver's ability to to coach attacking patterns. Um, yeah. What we struggled with last year, you know, was was conceding city goals and, and, and not being defensively cohesive. And, you know, whilst we look at some of, we, we look at the kind of lack of signings and the gaps in, in centre-back, actually, this is another one, I think, where you look at all five, really, of Fulham signings, and they all seem to be good calibre players with, you know, with, with strong ability sets. And, and I think, you know, maybe, maybe Andreas Pereira aside pretty comfortable with all of them being champions league pedigree players um you know players who at least have the uh, pedigree and and, and capability of playing for a team in the champions league group stages and that's not a slight on parade i just uh, you know it just just kind of maybe not been at that level or or been able to succeed at that level at at any club yet that's not to say you wouldn't ever get that um but that's a that's a good Kind of barrier to be looking at, right? If Fulham are signing players who, who who are Champions League caliber, and we we've seen Leno, you know, play for for his country, play for, for Arsenal in a, in the top echelons of, of of the Premier League, we've seen him play in the Europa League. Uh, I I think he is one of those players in terms of shot stopping. Now, whether he's all well rounded enough to do what Arteta wants him to do, it, clearly not. But I think that you know you look. I'm looking at some of these kind of Graphs and stats that I'll, I'll probably put up on on Twitter before this goes out, um, and and you can see what why it's a bit of an, he doesn't really attempt that many long passes. He likes to play the ball short. He likes to roll the ball out. Um, and actually, that's an an interesting thing for someone who's criticised quite heavily for his footwork. I, I think basically because you know Arsenal's keeper is supposed to be a sweeper, and I think you, you would expect the same from a Fulham keeper in in, in the Championship there's this kind of idea that he can't pass the ball i don't necessarily think that's true i just don't think he's as good as it as as Arteta needed him to be for that system um but yeah he very much shot stopping seems to be his forte he and and i think that that's the most important thing next season you know to to come back round to your question i think that When we're looking at this, it's about making sure that we don't concede silly goals and, you know, having someone in net who is going to be able to make a difference. You know, if you're 1-0 up and hanging on to a game and and a a snapshot comes in, you know, into the 90th minute and he's the one who can palm that around the post. And I think that that's, that's, you know, that's worth so many points to Fulham if we can make that happen. Um, And so I'm I'm really pleased with this. I think it's a really good bit of business. And I think he's got a point to prove as well. We we talked about this a bit about Pereira and, and about some other players. Leno, I think, comes in being like, hang on, I, I am actually really good. And and he's not still a million miles off the German squad, I don't think, for this He was this in the World German Cup. squad for the Euros
2: last year, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but he hasn't been called up since November 2021. He's kind of been usurped uh, a little bit in the kind of pecking order by both Kevin Trapp, um, who had a brilliant season at Anja Frankfurt, and, and Oliver Baumann at Hoffenheim. So... He's got a point to prove, I think, and if he does come out flying and, and, and starts this season really well, I think there's a genuine chance he might well be included in the Germany uh, squad for, for the World Cup, so he's got that to to kind of work at and, and and trying to prove himself for that. And I think that's an amazing thing for Fulham, because you've got someone here with the bit between their teeth who's a, you know a bit probably a little bit. Not necessarily put out, but uh, someone who's like, OK, I, I kind of assumed when Arsenal bought me for that kind of fee, I was going to be their number one for a, for a little while, and especially because when he came in, he was such an upgrade on Petr Cech and, and, and everyone was so pleased to have him. For him to be usurped so quickly felt like kind of a, a shock, I think, in many ways. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this and I'm, I'm really excited to have him on board. As you say, brilliantly structured deal. Really, really interesting how, how it's been done for for that kind of fee and more good business from Fulham. just. We just need more of it.
1: Yeah, 100%. And Peter, we spoke at the end of last season, actually. We had the discussion um, where I said about how every team in the Premier League, I feel like, had a standout goalkeeper. And I remember there was a bit of back and forth where I said, is Robert Sanchez a standout goalkeeper? And then Jack made me look a little bit silly by saying that he thinks he should be Spain's number one, um, which, um, you know, I haven't been crying myself to sleep about um, every night since. (laughs) But... It is true when you look at the, the Premier League that even teams towards the bottom have, have a really good goalkeeper. And I, th- I think the, the example I think is where Aston Villa finished last season and they have someone like Emi Martinez, who's who's absolutely class. Um, <laughs> the link here that Arsenal's uh, goalkeepers tend to go somewhere to a bottom uh, half Premier League team. It's an essential, I think, in the Premier League that we've got this. and And you look now at the difference between us Forest Bournemouth those kind of sides at the bottom, and if we can just get a couple more transfers in, the calibre of player that we're signing now, we've got this high calibre of goalkeeper. I'm getting so much more confident in our starting eleven. Yes, there's his issue at centre back, but other than that, I'm happy with the side going into Liverpool.
2: I think the hope has to be that when other players see the squad Fulham are building, that that might encourage them to make decisions that they may not have done otherwise because as you said like it's quite clear that the, the quality level is pretty high with what Fulham are doing here. Um, you're right about keepers. think um, Forest got Dean Henderson in so it's a yeah. pretty good option in goal. And Luke um, Travers
1: for Bournemouth was always a, my, my, a, a yeah, Premier League quality. I mean, Bournemouth
2: are in a, a very difficult situation at the moment. Um, yes. But you're right. I mean, to be honest, the Premier League is, is, is an elite competition, isn't it? I mean, we, we've talked about how the, the clubs that you would want to try and haul in as you know the middle-ranking clubs now are so strong. If you've been in for a few seasons, because they've been able to use the the broadcast money to recruit high-quality players. Um, but even to you know even at the lower end of of, of the table, um, every every club needs a, a top-quality keeper, and, and it makes a difference. Fulham saw that two years ago. Yes, Fulham were relegated, but Areola was a difference between it was one of the best for goals prevented, I think. I can remember rightly in, in, in the statistics front and um, it's, you know, he's now second choice at West Ham. So um, yeah, that probably reflects it to be honest. And, and yeah, I think we'll probably, it's pretty likely we'll look back on this as one of Fulham's best business of the summer, particularly if uh, the season starts well.
1: And we talked about it in... Uh, Tuesday's podcast Peter but you were at the press conference where Marco Silva um the line that I'm not angry um but sounded very angry um did make me laugh he he was obviously annoyed it sent panic stations around the club because it felt like within an hour there was tons of uh leaks to the press of oh we're bidding for four centre-backs it's 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 all it's all under control um yeah. What was it like in the press conference when he was giving the comments that he did? Because um, if <laughs> I felt like there was a kind of feeling in the fat and fan base of like, oh, are we just overreacting over this? Is it is it are, are people just being negative for the sake of it? And then when Marco Silva comes up with comments like that, you're like, oh, no, this actually really is a bit of a situation now at centre back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, personally, I wasn't too surprised because obviously I'd written like a month ago saying that Silva was unhappy with how the window was going and the fact that there were still only two centre-backs on the book, I think, that he was willing to use, of course, is Terence Congolo, who's been, in, been on trial at Stoke. Um, For Silva, it's restrained that it's not all been done. You know, he said at the time, we said at the time, that it was a, a changing of the guard with those players going. And um, it was interesting that in that interview in Portugal, it, he talks about it being an ambitious plan. Um, you know, start off at 10 players or, or whatever it is out and then the same in you know was it then too ambitious or has it just not functioned efficiently enough um I asked Silver in, in the presser about you know he's, he's working with Alistair McIntosh and Tony Khan and you know he was you know he said they were all on the same page he wasn't upset with anyone and not to write that he was upset with anyone and and that they were all you know frustrated about the situation and for Silver, you know like any coach He wants the best hand he can get, you know, like Scott Parker does at Bournemouth. And we've seen the the noise that that, will come out of there. And collectively, this is this is an issue for Fulham. And um, if they can get that that centre back, it will help. You know, I feel like once they do get that centre back, it's it does change the picture a bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jack, it's obviously a change in tack and what Fulham are going for. Yeah, The the, the signings that we've brought in are high quality. You look at kind of Forest's signings and look they've done really well on a couple of them, but it's kind of a bit more of a scattergun approach and they needed to sign a lot more players than we did. But there does feel a little bit similarities to what we did in 2018. It might work for them. It might not work. it, It might not. Fulham have obviously tried to go for really targeted, high quality players. And there's no point bringing in someone that isn't of the level just because they're available. But at yeah. centre back, I, I feel like it's, this was maybe a position where actually we didn't, we, could, we don't, couldn't afford to be so smart about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think that maybe at, at this point we look back and we go, okay, we we're clearly trying to recruit in a certain way, and it's a really impressive way. Let let's let's be you know straight about that. The, this seems sensible. We are looking at a higher quality of player, um, and and at centre back, you know the kind of. Well, rumours on the table are that the Fulham are, are looking at players who have Premier League experience. That's what they want in in this area, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, although I do think it limits your market and makes things a little bit tighter when clubs are obviously trying not to sell to each other. Looking at Forest's recruitment, um, and and I think this is kind of maybe something interesting. You are looking at a lot of players here who, if Forrest were to get relegated. Um, would probably stick around in the championship. Maybe Moussa side, aside, um, who was excellent for Mine's last year and I think probably is, is, is capable of going quite far. You know, we've got a lot of players here who are either kind of being brought around from, from, from different areas. You know, Harry Toffolo, Lewis O'Brien, both brilliant in the championship at Huddersfield last season. But if Forrest were to get relegated, you'd think they'd stick around. Nico Williams you know, hasn't really proved that in the Premier League yet. Obviously, it, d- it depends on how they get on this year with him. But equally, would maybe stick around if Forrest were going to have another run at it. And if they went down with this squad and kept most of it together, you'd expect them to go on and win the championship the season after, right? Because these are players who who are capable of doing that. We can't really afford to do that because there's... So much in this about you know where, where we're looking at it and going, we we can't do that again. You know, there, there's so many of these players here, and I think that this goes not just for the players coming in, but maybe for some of the squad as a whole. Full stop. That it's going right. We're just not going through that again. Um, and and I think that that's what's what's kind of the difference here. Forest, this is their first time up in 23 years. They'll obviously be you know massively, massively hoping they'll stay up. Obviously, but if they don't. They've recruited in such a way that quite a lot of these players are tweener players, I think, and, and, and will be able to, to hang on to them. You know, unbelievable season in the Premier League aside, they'll probably be able to hang on to them, or most of yep. them, should they go down. I don't think that's what Fulham are trying to do. And I think that's the difference in, in how you recruit there, because it, it, makes, it, it makes it very difficult to, to kind of make sure that those deals get across the line. And look, you know, the other thing is with Forest is that they're not done. Right. All reports coming out of of Forest are that they want four or five more. Yeah, that's a lot of players to ingratiate with a new squad. And we've seen it not work before. Now, that's not to say it won't work, but it's a it's a okay, they needed to do it as well. In the same way that Fulham needed to do it. All those years back that, you know, everyone criticized the amount of, of spending that was done and the amount of players that came in. But there were not enough bodies in the squad full stop beforehand to to make sure that yeah. that did work. So you, you can't really blame Forrest for doing it. And I think they've brought in some really interesting players, but it's a it's a it's a dangerous game in, in some ways. And, and Steve Cooper has a, a, has a lot to work with. Fulham seem to be on a far more narrow track in terms of the players that we've been bidding for. Now that might have changed this week with the the four centre-back offers that were rumoured straight after these comments came out of the press conference. And, and the fact that everyone was briefed on Fulham being in for four different players, and maybe it will become a little bit more panic stations. Um, But if it does end up being panic stations now, all we've done is wasted a month. And I think that's the, the kind of problem with this, is that you know, if if it's all well and good being clever with your transfers, but if the clever transfers don't come off and you end up signing the players that you could have signed a month ago on a, a you know on an increased fee and paying the money that they want or have demanded right from the beginning, you've only shot yourself in the foot, really. And and that's the kind of tricky balance that Fulham have to strike. Now it's not easy, um, but I think that that ultimately, e- even one of these one of these links had come through by now, we'd be a little bit calmer going into this game.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's. I was just thinking that myself. I mean, we said it I think last week or the week before that if there was one good quality senior centre back on the level that we've seen now in the team, I think that'd be concerned because we can see that the depth's not quite there, but it would not be where we're at now, I think. But certainly not, um, in terms of concern. Um, because the the base is nearly there now, really, isn't it? It's nearly there. Obviously you'd want them sooner. Obviously Silver, like any coach, would want things at the start of the, the summer, but that's easier said than done. Um but in terms of actually where the squad is, it's, it's not a million miles away, is it? We're not talking um, from a good eleven, but the fact is, hasn't, there isn't that centre back, so um, that's why we're. It's slightly more heightened.
1: Have we got any idea who this centre back coming in is going to be? Have we? Are we? Are we any closer to knowing? What's been funny this summer is that all the signings that we've made, I've been confident they're coming in. Bert Leno was reported a couple of months ago, but it just felt like. I think we're going for that person. I can't pin down who Fulham are going to get. I mean, we've seen the names. We've seen Issa Diop. We've seen the lad from Turkey. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Um, we've seen uh, Vestergaard. Have we got any idea, Peter, if you're a betting man, who is the centre-back that Fulham are going to sign that clearly is going to solve the problems? Feel- fix the leak for now.
2: Do I know who's going to be the centre-back coming at this point? No, is the answer. Um... Just just looking through some of some of the names that have been linked, Attila Salai from the conversations I've had, I haven't really got um, a sense that that's one. For Yannick Vestergaard, he's liked, um, but that's not the same as, as as actually being able to get him at this point. Obviously, there were offers made for Malengsar, but I think reports suggest he's going to France instead. I know he's had interest from France, a Chelsea need to get replacement because they're looking for a centre back too. Issa Diop, of course. I think Issa Diop's the one that's been most, most pronounced. It's the one that's probably, of those names, we've sort of seen take a, take a lead, I suppose. And my last understanding of it, and I don't know if it's developed since, was that Fulham had table 15 million, but I think West Ham want more than that. was Levi Colwell, I think I mentioned before. I think, I think it's probably of interest, but I don't know if that's likely. Alderete was another one. Yeah, I like um, that one. I like that move. Yeah, it's Four a, million. A nice... It's a, it's a nice link, but I'm I'm not sure on that one at this point. But yeah, I, I think as it goes back to my original answer, do I know who's going to come in at this point is, is a no. There's clearly a lot of ir- irons in the fire. And there'll probably be ones that we don't know about as well that they'll want to keep away from the public eye. And we shall see. We shall see.
1: Feels unlikely, Jack, before the Liverpool game. I think we can be pretty sure that it's Tib and Toasted on Saturday. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, but even if someone does come in before the Liverpool game, I think it's Tim and Tosin on Saturday, yeah, right? Like that that's where we're at yeah. now. It's Wednesday. Of, even if someone came in tomorrow, you you think that Tim and Tosin start that game. And and so they should, and so they should.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I will preview that game uh, in a little bit. We'll take a break now. Afterwards, it's time for some predictions. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast is Sammy James here with Peter Rutzler and Jack Collins as the season is starting. Of course, it's that time of the year where everyone's getting their fantasy Premier League teams ready. I believe Fulhamish has one of the largest Fulham kind of mini leagues. Uh, We started it about four or five years ago. I'm pretty sure there's There's at least a thousand in there. Um, I I don't even know these days how many are in the mini league, but there's an awful lot. If you fancy joining, uh, the code for our league this season is 4GBASW. That is 4GBASW. We'll put a link in the uh, description of the podcast as well. Please join. No prizes, just a bit of fun. Uh, let's see who uh, comes out on top at the,
0: uh, at the end of the week. Jack, have you put your FPL team together? I have, I have. Uh, I mean, I'm still not happy with it, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, I think. I'm about 13 or 15 locked in, I think. Any Fulham players? Uh, I have Andreas Pereira. Um, he is very popular. Very, very popular. Yeah, Silly I, I like though, him. Yeah, I, I think, do I have Bert Leno as well? Yeah, I have Bert Leno as well. So okay, interesting. Yeah, there we go. Um I um I
1: have I have Metro and I know that he's actually quite highly priced in the game, but I've gone for expensive midfield kind of lowish attack. So that's my that's my strategy so far. Um, strategy. I don't know if it will work.
0: So Okay, well, it's inter- It's an interesting one.
1: We well, should. last season, basically, strikers were there was no good strikers in the Premier League. I think that might change this year, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm no expert. I did spend a, a lot of time having to do fantasy football for another job last season, so I did learn a little bit more about it, but I didn't play last season, um, so I'm interested to play this season. So yeah, join the Fulhamish FPL League, um, and if you're in our Fulhamish community uh, on Telegram, which is awesome, by the way, um, support the podcast. We do have a little uh, Fulhamish League uh, in there as well, where we are doing a few prizes so um if you're in the fulhamish community uh, and you haven't joined yet uh, please do all of the uh codes and the links are in the uh main uh telegram chat uh, as the pinned message um so it'd be great to have you in the uh, in the fulhamish community league as well uh, if you're in there but if not 4g B-A-S-W is the code for the fpl league do you play fpl peter
2: yeah massive i love it absolutely do love you? It. Yeah, mate. oh i had like, no idea some good finishes in my time
1: how are we talking about? Like top one k top ten k
2: top five k was one, but that I feel really? like that was a massive fluke. I'm sort of one of those people that go from like two million to top fifty thousand yeah, I had a really bad
0: year last year, but i but sometimes sometimes I happen to be accident. most of the time. I just follow my heart though which isn't a great um which isn't a great no. way to play fantasy football. I've got a good team name though what's your team called But i've
2: had, I've had the same name for years like since, since secondary school so it doesn't make any sense to anyone apart from people I went to school with which is Roddy's Rat Pack so that, what? Um, okay that makes
0: yeah. no sense what's yours yeah. Jack well I've been I've had the same year, name for years as well until this year where I decided to change it I've been Lord of the Wings for a long long time um, but this year I'm just pulling your leg
1: Oh, <laughs> oh very good okay uh, mine is Mbabushka Babushka. <laughs>
0: what is it with this podcast and babushka (laughs) what why don't we ever mention babushka before it's just a good song no because we had do we not have a couple of um do we not have a no okay ignore that i thought it was i thought we had a this will catch on then from it but maybe i didn't maybe that was just me being weird
1: uh, I don't think we've had a babushka a uh, this catch on, but it's a good shout uh, for, for any future inspiration uh, if, if you're out there. Uh, fancy yeah, take it. it this will catch bad. on together. Yeah, I was just looking for... I don't know why. I'm just quite excited by the signing of Mbappu. I need to name my FPL team after him. So, yeah, um, uh, I'll. Uh, maybe next week I'll take a look through the league once it's kind of opened and I'll try and pick out some of the best names uh, in the... Uh, some of the best Fulham-related names in the league. Right, let's do some pre-season predictions. Uh, We did this last season and it was a lot of fun to then kind of revisit them at the end. Uh, We got some of them pretty spot on. We got uh, a few things uh, catastrophically wrong, uh, mostly involving Huddersfield, uh, that one. Um, So we'll go again and uh, we'll play them at the end of the season and see how close we were. So your first prediction that I would like, I'll give mine as well is Fulham's final position with a bonus point for the number of points. Uh, Jack, I'll
0: start with you. 16, 39. Peter.
2: Oh, this is so tough. Like, I'm on the fence between 17th and 18th, which is... Which is is the stress. Which is quite a (laughs) stressful fence um, to fall beside. I think Fulham will get... Similar points to Jacks at 37 or 38 for me, but I think it's going to be a high points title to stay up. Um, and it's literally for me in my prediction between Fulham and Southampton in that relegation position. I know that's been one of the other questions you think will go down. Um, so I have to base it on what I see now, like right now in the team, as opposed to what I think the team will actually look like but I suppose but It's a prediction. You
1: can predict if you think that Fulham, Fulham will we'll sort world. it out. Yeah. Fine. 17th, 30,
2: what did I say? 38? Yeah. 38, 38 points. 17th, 38 points. Fine. We'll do that.
1: Okay. I'm going to go for 15th. Oh, bloody hell. And 42 points.
0: I'd be so happy. That would make me so happy. 40 points, my God. Imagine getting over the 40 point, the magic 40 points <laughs> total. It's been it's been eight million years.
1: <laughs> you know what? I was too negative last year, and I didn't say that Fulham would win the league. I learnt my mistake. Yeah. So I've gone the I've gone the
0: opposite. I think it's going to be a final day job in this.
2: I I I'm going to be going to be so tight okay. because even even with a strong team, I still think it's going to be tight. So um, we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe there's a more bomb.
1: But. <laughs> Okay, next question: How many
0: goals will Metro score? JC, fifteen.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: eleven non-pen, eleven non-penalty goals. I think I'll write that down as a little extra.
1: Okay, Peter, fourteen. I Are just
0: just in the Premier League, yeah, not like all comps.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll say Premier League on this. Okay,
2: I'm gonna. Well, what's your all comps, Jack? Is it like Twenty-five, thirty, what we talking
0: about. No, I would have said sixteen. <laughs> he has one goal as we crash out of the FA Cup in the third round. <laughs> I'm also I was gonna th- I was
1: gonna undercut you both, but actually that is the kind of area that I was gonna go for. So I think I will go for 15 as well. I don't I I know I like to make things interesting and make it a battle, but realistically, I think If my other prediction of 15 for 42 points is to stand, I think you need Mitro to be scoring around that many goals. You could have gone higher,
0: mate. You could have gone
1: higher. I can't go higher. I just don't think that's realistic. 15 is a lot of Premier League goals. 15 and he's in the the top kind of like... Well, he's in the top five or six, probably, he for goal scores in the league. He got
0: 11, didn't he? The, the two Four years ago, it must be now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, four, yeah. yeah. I don't think, so it's, I don't think it's, it's... And this is a team more geared around his strengths. And I think he's a better player than he was then. So I don't think that's, yeah. that's that weird.
1: No, no, no. But still, look...
2: Well, basically Tony- saying it would be very impressive if he did it.
1: Antonio's never managed that amount, you know, there's still a high bar to hit 15, you know, like there's a lot of established Premier League strikers who don't tend to hit those numbers, but we are a team fully built around him. So you'd hope that he's hitting those numbers, right? We did this last year and it worked. Um, second top scorer on the full assumption that Mitro's top scorer is almost pointless doing that. But second top scorer is a little bit more up for debate, um, particularly more up for debate now that we know that Harry Wilson's got uh, a fairly uh, serious injury at the start of the season. So, Peter, I'll start with you on this one.
2: Solomon. Ooh, yeah. Solomon. OK.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack. Bobby Deckled over reed
2: <laughs> Yes, there he is.
1: This is my shout as well. I think it might be. Although
0: it. I do wonder if Fulham bring in another attacker, if this might have to shift. But for now, with the squad that we have at our disposal, Bobby Reid.
1: The only one that I can't work out is how much Pereira is going to play. Pereira is constantly in that 10 role. He will get a lot of shooting opportunities. Yeah, he's not that good I, at it though.
2: <laughs> I was going to say Harry Wilson, but obviously with the injury, I'm not so sure. But I mean, it may... Because he last when, when he was at Bournemouth, he was their top scorer because he just has an ability to pick up goals at, and he can do it at that level. So, But I'll go with Solomon for now. Okay. Luke, Luke, ha- Luke
1: out, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Andreas. I, 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 I might be foolish. And as you say, he's not particularly known as a goal scorer. But if he's in that 10, you saw how many goals Carvalho and how many opportunities Carvalho picked up yes I know they're different players and it will be a very different kind of role that Andreas has to play in the Premier League as opposed to the championship but my hope is that it would have been Wilson though obviously I think if um, we knew he wasn't injured at the start of the season we just don't know how that's going to go right three relegated teams so I guess if you're going to stick consistent with your predictions above that it's not going to be Fulham um, you can tell it's the Fulhamish podcast. We're all slightly biased because I don't think you'd get three predictions on any other podcast that doesn't include Fulham in the drop zone. Um, I was just reading uh, Phil McNulty's predictions on the BBC Sport website and uh, Fulham are 19th. Um, yep. and we're in the bottom three for a lot of people's predictions, but clearly. As we did, ours, not we we did ours
0: on ranks today and Sam has us 19th, but he well, he had us 19th on the basis that currently we don't have any centre backs. So, um, you know, he was like, this could change if you sort yourselves out. And I suppose that's the. That's literally
2: my my sort of take on the. But also,
1: I feel like in predictions, you are allowed to predict that something will change. Therefore, I don't full of will sign centre-backs like we're going to i've done there's not going to get to august the 31st and suddenly we're still in the same situation i said that about august the
0: first mate so here we are
1: well yes i know i mean yes i'm putting maybe too much faith but we will we just not there's no way that's not going to happen and given our track record on deadline day i imagine they'll be good the problem is it might all be too late but anyway three relegated
0: teams jc go uh Bournemouth,
1: Bournemouth Bournemouth yeah <laughs> uh,
0: the only team who have managed to prepare for this season currently like without actually without actually becoming better at all which is genuinely quite remarkable frankly um Bournemouth or Everton Southampton
2: bang there you go
1: interesting Two uh, non-promoted teams. Um, Peter, your thoughts?
2: Bournemouth, for Jack's aforementioned reasons. Um, it's genuinely stunning. how they've managed to get worse. Um, Brentford. Um, <laughs> I'm not playing saying well, the, uh, playing the
1: hits on the Fulhamish podcast. <laughs> Rewind <laughs> the no, hits, ladies
2: and gentlemen. I... I I I worry about Brentford because of the impact Christian Eriksen had at the second half of last season and the position that they were in before. You're They're right,
0: about Sam so. Mikel Damsgaard, who literally has done this before, stepped in for Christian Eriksen and done really well. You're like, oh god, continual good signings.
2: But second second season for me, I think they'll 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 struggle. Um, and then my third one is, is Southampton as well. But as I mentioned earlier, it's it's pretty tight with Fulham for that the third spot, and depending on how this window goes. The rest of it, we'll decide. Probably,
1: but Southampton. I don't know if I'm going to be made to look stupid with these. I've gone for Bournemouth. I think it's pretty obvious. I was toying with Forest, but I just think they'll win too many games at home, particularly at the start of the season. You know how it's going to go. They're going to win that opening game against West Ham, I really think. Why um, don't right. they got Newcastle that's... away first week? Oh, they've got, oh, sorry, opening home games, West Ham. Um, okay. And you just, it just screams home wins big atmospheres I, I can just see them kind of bit doing a bit of a Brentford that like they did last season so I've gone for Bournemouth Leeds and Brentford Leeds for me I know they have brought in replacements for Rafinha and Phillips but to overhaul a weak squad lose your two very best players ah, uh, just I don't massively see it. And then they were really poor at points last season. They pulled it out the bag late on. And Brentford is a little bit more out of hope. than expectation, but I've just, I've just, um, you know, I'm, I'm manifesting here. Um, <laughs> say it and it will happen. So, okay, let's move on swiftly to top four in order, please. Um, Jack, I'll start with you. You're obviously you've done these predictions, so you can, uh, you can just rattle off what you said on ranks.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, City, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea.
1: City, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, you think?
0: Yeah. Um, Even
1: after all of the upheaval?
0: I just think they'll sort their shit out.
1: Okay. Peter?
2: City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. Mm. Uh, They've surprised me greatly, this window.
0: I really hope it's that. (laughs) (laughs) For what it's worth. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not going to go against the grain here. I'm going to go exactly the same as Peter. So City, Liverpool, Spurs, and I think the Arsenal look
2: quite open. I think that's a full spot.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be United. I just, you know, no idea what to expect from Ten Hag, but it doesn't feel like the greatest preseason. The Ronaldo problems seem to be, you know, lingering. It's been a very impressive preseason.
0: It's just that problem. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay, next one. Back to Fulham. Fulham player of the season. Um, this, is, this is tricky. I think, and none of us said Metro last year. Mm. Jack. Uh,
0: Joao Pelvino. Peter.
2: <laughs> this is pretty really tricky, sorry. Um, oh, God, that is really tough. Um, I am going to go we Bernd Leno okay. following the Areola school. Although I don't know if he'll be as busy, but he might I be. Not. I always think if, if the
1: goalkeeper's got player of the season, it's not, not a great sign. Um, it's normally a, uh, you know, when a goalkeeper is man of the match, it's not, it's not normally great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mitrovic because if he does score 14 or 15 goals, that will be the reason that Fulham stay up. And if he scores 15 goals, you imagine Fulham probably will be staying up. So sticking with the consistency of the predictions, I think that Mitrovic might do it again, because that would be player of the season worthy. If you get those goals that, um, that, that keeps us in the league. Finally, um, a Fulham hot take prediction. Um, if you don't have one, then, uh, no stress, but just something a little bit that you see happening this season that maybe um, you can look back on in May and be really smug about because you, you called it.
2: Gael Perlini's got the, the most yellow cards in the entire league. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. That, that's so fun. Um, Jay Stansfield to make t- t- 12 plus appearances in the Premier League off the bench.
2: Good one.
1: Okay, here's my one. Tim Ream to make a lot more expe- appearances than expected this season and be okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've got a funny feeling this might happen. Um, we've talked about this a bit before um, and it kind of comes around to the same conversation. And, and this isn't to excuse the lack of center back. So I, I hope it's not read as that. But I do think that part of the problem with what happened last time with the centre-backs that came up with Fulham was that they weren't adequately protected. And I think that with Pellinia and Reed as the pivot, if that is how it's playing out and how it looks like it's going to play out, I think that they are much better protected in those spaces so that you know, they're not being run at constantly. That's not to say that the investment is not desperately needed in that area. But I do think that actually protecting them is very, very important. And so I'm, I'm pleased with it.
2: I think it's quite hard to be a centre-back in the silver team. Because of how front foot it is, because of the way the fullbacks get forward, um, I think Jack's right in terms of protection, and I think hopefully that will be the case. But there will be moments where they're going to be exposed, and it will make them look bad. Um, and even against certain opposition as well in this league, it's just it's like if you with the Tim Ream stuff, like it's just, it's just I, I know obviously like, as Jack said, it's not excusing the need for a centre back, but whoever plays is going to have a hard time on Saturday. Like they're going to have a very hard time. They may be, they may be made to look silly and they may be good players. Um, so I just hope there's not too, there's not too much anger on Saturday about it because it's not really fair or necessarily appropriate to be honest. But, um, let's see.
1: I just, I I, I think a lot is made of the gap. I I just can't quite see how Reem can be so good at one level under a system. And last season, I think he looked better than ever at times. I just think he'll be okay. Yes, he will have games where he's done for pace or moments where he struggles against a particularly good striker. Everyone's going to struggle against some of the strikers in the Premier League. They're going to make you look silly. But I just have a feeling that he's going to play a part this season and he's going to be fine. And it might be injury induced or it might be because um, silver's rotating or it might be even because silver switches up the formation. <laughs> but that's my that's my hot take. But we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. I've just had this feeling for a little while. Anyway, they are our predictions. I have written them down and uh, we will go back to those in May and uh, we'll, we'll see how we get on, uh, gentlemen. Right. We'll take another break. And afterwards, uh, we'll just look ahead to Saturday's game in a bit more depth against Liverpool. Part three of the Fulhamish podcast. It's Sammy with Jack and Peter. Uh, let's briefly look ahead then to Liverpool on Saturday, twelve thirty at Craven Cottage. It is live on BT Sport in the UK. And Jack, um, Liverpool have had an interesting pre-season. Um, a good win against Man City in the Community Shield on Saturday. From the bits I watched of the game, it, if that would have been four-one Man City, I wouldn't have been. Two shocks. man city particularly harland um missed quite a few big chances but liverpool kind of dug in managed the game well came out with a good win they've had some interesting results though during pre-season they got absolutely thumped by um man united but then then themselves thumped rb leipzig they had a 3 0 defeat to Strasbourg on Sunday, admittedly with a much
0: weaker side. Yeah, they. Um, I mean, that, that I wouldn't read anything into that result. Like, literally, I yeah. think Fabio Carvalho was the most senior player that played, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that one. Um, but it's been a summer
1: of, uh, of a bit of transition for Liverpool with, <sighs> with Mane out and and Nunes in. Um, what do we make of them? And have Fulham got any chance? My only hope is that. This is the game that I would want Fulham to start against. A big team, you don't know how they're going to be on the first game of the season. I would rather face Liverpool now than when they're in some massive flow in March and April and they're fighting for the title. This is the time where you might catch them on an off day, but it's still unlikely.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, I I, I also don't mind this as an opening fixture, but for slightly different reasons. I, I think it's one of those where if Fulham aren't in our groove and we lose to Liverpool, The chances are that, you know, you you look at the Liverpool and the City games and you go, you know, it takes something pretty remarkable to get points out of those games, whatever point you play them in the season, right? So us playing them when we're not clearly at full strength yet, we haven't got all of our signings through the door, we haven't found our rhythm is not necessarily a problem because it means that we get that game out of the way. Whereas if we were on a run of three games in, I don't know, January and we came up against Liverpool, you know, the chance are those run of three games are going are to be ended, but instead, you know, they're playing, we're playing them now and getting them out, out of the way. And I think that's, that- that's probably for the best. Um, yes, it's been a summer of upheaval, but I I think probably this team that started in the community shield is the team that starts against us with the exception that Allison looks like he's actually now going to be back in goal um, ahead of Adrian. So it's going to be, I think Allison Trent, Matty Van Dijk, Robertson Henderson for Thiago Salah Firmino, Diaz. I think he'll bring I think he'll bring Nunes off the bench, um, which isn't necessarily a good or a bad thing, it's just a thing. And and this is a well settled team that know exactly how they're doing. And, and yes, we might catch them a little bit cold, but it didn't strike me from the community shield that they they'd look like anything but in their in their rhythm. Um, I think to be honest it's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, and and what we've got to do is try and see out, ride out the first bit of this game because they will come out of the blocks um, and try and get their season off to a, a fast start. Um, as long as Fulham don't get absolutely pasted here, uh, I think it's not a huge problem. It feels like, as you say, it's it's not a free hit, but and and we we we've got to stop using the language of free hits as well because you know you can do this for loads of teams in the premier league who are on paper better than you but i do think with in some ways the liverpool and, and, and city games you, you know you have an opportunity to try and show your stuff and and, and you basically try not to make yourself a fool I think in some in so many ways and you have to try and and, and shut these teams down and, and come to terms with this is the quality we're going to be coming up against in in this league um but on the whole I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing that Fulham are playing Liverpool first because I think you know I'd rather have ourselves in a rhythm and have our own vibes going on by the time we play teams who are more beatable and and look ultimately you look at the last season right we, we took four points off Liverpool last time we were in the Premier League but they were four of our only points in so many ways. Yeah. Um, so, so it, you know, yeah, it's, all, it's brilliant, obviously, beating the big teams. It's brilliant having, having those shock results. But your survival is won and lost on the teams around you and I mean, how you play against the teams around you. And, and that's what's going to matter this year. So uh, I think uh, in, in that regard, it, it's a... Incredibly difficult opener, obviously. Um, and, and it's gonna be a good occasion, I think, as Fulham return to the Premier League, you know, and that early kickoff. Hopefully that everyone will be a little bit cold um and and we can try and and try and make a shock happen, but it's gonna be very difficult to do that. It's just a question of, you know, I think how we apply ourselves in this game and you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but we were very good in, in parts of that Real game. Yes. The finishing was a little bit wonky, but, and there were, there were occasional hairy moments at the back, but mostly I thought we were we were the better side against a team who, you know, got well deep into the champions league last year. And, and I think that it's probably important to kind of rectify that.
1: I mean, Peter, I think back to that game in the pandemic, which was the one where fans were allowed in the one or draw where that's almost maybe a bit of a blueprint of how to play these these bigger sides ride out the opening 20 minutes make them realize oh damn we're in a game get get a goal and it was a really well taken goal um, i remember lukman uh, feeding in uh, Bobby De Reed, Reid who absolutely smashed it past Allison, and then Liverpool got frustrated 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 shouldn't have really got the, the penalty was dodgy it was possibly a penalty but it was it was and dubious and Fulham obviously were robbed of a penalty themselves um, from from a handball that's the blueprint that we will try and play but of course when you try and play that system it's so risky because obviously within five minutes if salad bags one the the whole blueprints up in smoke but that's that's the game plan to try and emulate isn't it
2: uh i do not think that's going to happen and i think when we think back to those games two years ago we won't see the same thing i think the reason it was successful was because of the way parker had the teams playing and they were really suited to teams that come at you um as you know it was real control over games really holding the teams preventing them from doing anything suffocating while also trying to find gaps by yourself, I, that's just not the way Marco Silva going to play. And I think the best example of what Fulham will probably do will be Man City in the FA Cup last year. And I think, as Jack said, if Fulham can start quickly, and I think it might surprise Liverpool, um, I probably won't. They would have done their homework and <laughs> they would have seen what happened when Fulham visited City. Um, score early and then and then see what happens. But it's just—I just I just don't think that's in... Yeah. Silver's blueprint to play in that same kind of way. And I think what you can take from the games two years ago is that they are beatable. You can get points off them. You can't say that they're free hits. But at the same time, I wouldn't care if Fulham didn't take anything from the game as long as it wasn't a complete annihilation. Um, I, I think Jack's point is really good that, you know, at least the first game of the season isn't against Brentford or Southampton or Forest or Bournemouth or someone around them. You know, there is, it essentially gives them another week um, but I, in terms of how Fulham will approach it, I just I, I fully expect Silva to try and beat them the way he knows, That's it's what he did If we go back to Estoril. It's what he did and successfully beat Porto away. Yeah. Um, got points off Benfica and Sporting, so I think he will try the same thing. But whether it works is a different question. I mean, the caliber of opposition here is ridiculous, and um, it will be a tricky afternoon. And Fulham will have to sit. I think just taking one thing from the pre-season games I've seen. And I suppose maybe I wasn't paying as much attention to it last season because they had the ball so much. But I like how compact Fulham are without the ball Preseason, I say this now and they're going to get beaten six or seven, aren't they? But um, quite, it's a very clear four four two 2 without the ball. Very clear, very tight spacing between players, tight spacing between midfield and defence. And that's really encouraging because that's that's a very effective defensive block. Um, and then going forward on the ball, we've seen that Fulham look, look sharp, but look fluent, same sort of positional fluid football. Um, and so it's there. It's the, the blueprint there. And I think how they defend will be will be key. And maybe going back to what Jack's saying earlier in the pod, Pelini and Reed, that screening, they'll be absolutely massive on, on Saturday.
1: Um, I guess there's a couple of positions now up for debate. Um, I assume we agreed that Berliner will start. Yeah, I think so.
2: I think it's the right thing to do as well. I don't think there's a, I think for... There has to be a conversation with Rodak, I think, now and see what he wants to do, and then, and then go from there. I mean, it's it's harsh, but I don't see the value in playing him for Liverpool, knowing he will be dropped. Like yeah. we can all see it. So unless unless there's a, a style of play thing that he hasn't necessarily bonded with his back four yet, then that's a different question, and then then yeah, maybe there's a case for it. But uh,
1: right back, who do we expect to start, Tete or Babu?
2: Tete if Tete. Oh, yes, he
1: did go off with he a bit of an seem injury. Didn't
2: a, a slight. Like not, um, So we didn't touch on it afterwards. Um, but yeah, Tete. I think because he's he's just been there for longer, has more minutes under his belt.
1: I think we're pretty sure that the midfield will be Polinia, Reed, and Pereira. I guess the two up for debate positions are who starts kind of either side of Mitro. We know that Harry Wilson's out, and and we think that might be even you know bordering on months here. Peter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know yet,
2: because you've seen a specialist this week, but I don't don't know more than that. Okay,
1: the rumours are that it's not great, which is obviously um, really awful, and hopefully it's not as bad as feared. Um, So you've got Solomon, Neskins, Bobby Decadova, Reid, probably in the running uh, to play those two positions. What do we reckon, Peter?
2: Bobby and Neskins, purely because I don't think Solomon has had the minutes. In pre season. Um and you've got to factor in the fact that he hasn't played competitive football regularly for what? Uh eight no six months, I think. Mm. Um obviously he's played on the for Israel internationally, but I think maybe he's in a in a better position he's to be. But I would assume Bobby would play because of his work off the ball. Um and then yeah, pushing because he's just been, he'll you know, know the system better. Um, but maybe not. It depends on Solomon's fitness.
0: I think. I think it is going to. Be, I think he will chuck Solomon in if he's fit. I think he'll chuck him in. I think it will be Solomon. Good do in, an hour.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there's five subs, isn't there?
0: Not that. Yeah. I mean, I, I wondered if you know. Obviously, it's going to be it's going to be Mo Salah down that right hand side. Who has scored in I think his last five opening day fixtures. Just um, one for just one for the, the stats. Um, I think it might be interesting to, to see if he, if he does have Solomon not fit or, or not fit enough to start. And obviously, without Wilson, and he starts Bobby on the right. I was going to wonder if there, there might be some element of his, his thing that tries to double up on, on Salah. I think uh, you're
2: right because against Villarreal, it was Bobby who started on the left and Wilson yeah. started on the right in front of Robinson. So, so I think I wouldn't be surprised by that.
0: Interesting an interesting one to consider.
1: Well, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Um great to be back at the cottage and look, it's going to be a tough afternoon, but I'm just looking forward uh, to being back in my seat in the Hammersmith End, um, enjoying a Camden Hales, uh behind the concourse now. £6.80 um, Camden Hells. £6.80 Camden Hales. Really? Take my money. Uh, right. Um, we just need to name the podcast. Um, as ever, on the Thursday Club, we go to the Fulhamish community on Telegram to get some names in. Jack, uh, which do you prefer out of these three that I uh, have shortlisted for you? Bryn Paulson, Late Show Leno, I assume a... Uh nods to uh the late show with uh, with Jay Leno. Uh Drew Heatley, uh Rodak Burnt again, or John Brooker, Lenova and Inn. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> yeah, let's go with the first one, I think. <laughs> let's go with late show Leno.
1: Um I quite liked
0: Lenova and Inn. I thought it was quite clever. It is quite good, but I think it's um I think we should go with late show Leno. Um or just speaking like
1: l- of- let's, let's go. Like, you know. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> let's, um, speaking of Jay Leno, um, I just called my dad yesterday and he was like, um, have we signed Jay Leno yet? I was like, sorry, what? It's like, come so, again? Yeah, Jay Leno. Apparently he's the, he's that we're signing him in goal. I was like, wow. So come up for the books to go from the tonight show to, uh, Fulham's number one. But yeah, uh, maybe we are. I think it's Bert Leno is signing dad. Um, bless him as ever on the pulse.
0: It's more like burn lay yes am I right
1: <laughs> All right yeah we need to end this pod
0: now uh, Jack Collins thank you very much <laughs> thank you Sammy
1: I don't know if I'm saying thank you after that Peter Rutter. thank you No
2: thank you Sammy for me always a pleasure
1: And we will be back Sunday evening, Monday morning, reacting to everything that happens in the Liverpool game. Uh, We'll see what happens. But have a lovely weekend, whatever you're doing. Maybe see you down the cottage. Come on, you whites.
0: You whites.